Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark. I want to apologize for the quality on my end of this recording, uh, but it was a good podcast, so I wanted to get it out there. Uh, again, I apologize, so stay with me. Welcome to the Catfish and Crumpy podcast. My name is Mark, and today's guest, John, what's your last name again, John? Hedrick. Hedrick, that's it. Hedrick. 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 H-E-D-R-I-C-K. All right, guys, you guys know how to spell it. There you um, go. John's located in Lake Okeechobee, Florida. I talk to John quite a bit on Hog Lake Show at night. We tease each other about the weather. What's the weather like where you're at right now, John? Well, it was 85 today. I don't know if you can see I got coon-eyed today out on the lake. So let's see. It is right now. It is waiting, waiting, waiting. 72 right now. 72. I don't know if you guys can see this at home on the camera, but... I'm showing uh, people in chat this. What does that say, John? Can you see that? I see zero. Zero degrees. <laughs> That's a 75 degree difference, man. That now, Mark, me- you know those highways run south, right? Everyone out by your route, y'all can make a right turn somewhere and go south. Uh, that is so tempting. I might have to do that. I'm just going to need, and Josh is going to know this if he's watching in the background. I need a zip code so I can figure out how many hours it is. I'm thinking that's what? It's got to be like 24 hours for me. From where? From Chicago. Well, it'll be a good long because it's like 12, 11 and a half, 12 from the middle of North Carolina. So that may help your math. I know it's 24 hours for me to get to the Keys, so you're not that far. So I'm going to say probably solid. Knock about four out, about three and a half hours off of that, and you'll be here. So, so John, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you start fishing? How did I start fishing? My dad. My dad was in the Navy, which put us along the coast, and he liked the saltwater fish, freshwater fish. So, you know, ever since I can remember, I fished with pops, you know. And saltwater fishing is something that's really foreign to me, So, but it is something I have an interest. I've been saltwater fishing once in my life. It was on a charter, and we ended up, chasing barracuda around now is barracuda considered a trash fish am i mistaken uh i don't really know i'm not much of a saltwater fisherman myself oh, you're not on saltwater too much okay you had mentioned that when you were saying so it's been a while out there uh, i've been trying to talk the wife into going down there and maybe at least even getting on a pier somewhere and, and doing a little fishing that way so that's something that's and, but lake okeechobee let me tell you that is another one that i've always dreamed about fishing ever since i was a kid saturday mornings watching roland martin out there slaying those big bass those big donkeys like you call them right right well the sad note to that is okeechobee is not the lake it was that made me move here seven years ago they've had all the trouble with the, the they're trying to keep algae and stuff out so they're filling it way too full for the hydrilla to grow. So they've killed out all the grass. They subcontracted out spraying to, you know, in Florida, they have to spray some or you can't get into the lake. You know, the vegetation, the floating hyacinth, but they, last year, the year before, you know, the last few years, they contracted out. And it's one of those deals where if you contract to somebody to spray 100,000 gallons of spray, you know, they hire 30 dudes that don't care where they spray it. They just commits to spray it. And They've killed so much out. It's it's really hard fishing. It's it's starting to come back this year, but the last few years have been tough. That's why we fish Donkey Land and why I'm small water charters. I I got all the little small lakes around Lake Okeechobee. There's hundreds okay. of them around it. 
So instead of spending all day on Okeechobee trying to find a couple fish, I can take you somewhere and put you on them pretty quick. We'll be on fish. If you watch any of our videos, you can see I can put you on fish pretty quick. Yeah, I've seen you, you. You do pretty good in all your videos. I really enjoy them. We'll, we'll get around to that though. So, um, so like I, I, I'm a big fan of you know deer meat for dinner, and of course Blue Gabe. He's actually my favorite of the brothers. I watch right. them, and I know he fishes for crappie a lot down there, and I believe he's on Lake Okeechobee when he does. Yes, he does a lot. The coastal fever that's in here. He's part of the Florida Triangle. If I'm not mistaken, he's somehow kin to Blue Gabe. Somehow cool. he has a relation with him. He's down from uh. The Palm Beach area, Coastal Fever is. Cool. Welcome, Coastal Fever. It says, uh, and then to catch you, in the catch you up, Parabellum Fishing is a little farther south in Florida. He's the other point of the Florida Triangle. I, 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 see, tri I see triangles in chat. So yeah, that's, that's the Florida Triangle. Where we all live, it's like a triangle here in Florida. So me, Joe, and Doc are the fly. That's what we do. That's us. We're the Florida Triangle, and it well, kind of and it overlaps the Bermuda Triangle. So it gets kind of crazy over towards Doc's way. <laughs> uh, you see any any monsters or anything weird while you're over there in the Florida in the uh, Bermuda Triangle? Nothing in the Bermuda Triangle, but on the dirt road to Donkey Land, we've seen about every critter that's known in Florida, and I'm not exaggerating from pigs to panthers, so we see some critters. Hey, look at that. Dieter Melhorn says, man, I wish they were closer to Daytona. I'd fish with them when I'm at the race next month. There you go. Dieter says he'd fish with you. Yeah, it's a couple hours north of us, so maybe a little more than two. It's you know, Daytona is where Florida starts. Everybody from down here says above Daytona is South Georgia. Everything below Daytona is Florida. Really? I did not know that. See, I'm so far away from there that I don't even know these things. But, been to but, Florida, if you, maybe. but if you drive through Florida, you'll notice when you get through Daytona, it really starts changing. You start to see and it gets real jungly. So you're getting... And then when you turn to Okeechobee, which is in the middle of Florida where nobody lives, there's more cows than people, you're in the middle of nowhere. You go, when you leave our city, our town limits, you have to drive no matter which direction you go. You got about 30 to 40 minutes through nothing but palm trees and cow pastures to get to the next gas station stores or anything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gotcha. Well, that sounds like my kind of place. Somebody in chat saying my mic isn't working, so I'm checking my audio right now. Uh, is that any better, folks? Hopefully they can hear me. They say, Kobe, they say we're 20 years behind the rest of the world, and I probably wouldn't doubt it, but, man, it makes for nice living. It's a really great place to live. Well, what kind of, what kind of, which species of freshwater fish are there in Okeechobee? Oh, God, we have all of them. Uh, Okeechobee has, you know, the, your normal crappy bass, gars, bowfins, manatees, 
uh, every kind of shell cracker, bluegill. I mean, everything you could imagine that's in freshwater, we have it except, you know, cold stuff like, you know, smallmouth, pike. We have a chain pickerel, which is probably the clean. A bowfin's pretty nasty, so. Yeah, I've seen you catch some bowfins on your videos and stuff. Actually, today I was checking some of them out, so that was kind of kind of weird to see because we, we got them up here. We call them mudfish up here, but. Well, they call them. Out. They call them mudfish down here. That's what I would call it. But I try to be a little more technical and say bowfin. Bowfin, people, yeah, mudfish, dogfish. They got all sorts of names up here. And yeah, that's a big surprise that you had them down here. Do you have any snakeheads? Uh, yes, Doc. Uh, that's a little more south than Okeechobee. Doc and Joe Parabellum, they catch snakeheads all the time. Doc did a snakehead catch and cook. But those are controversial fish in Florida when you make a video. You know, half right. the population says kill them, throw them on the bank. Half the population says throw them back in the water. So it's, oh, you make a bowfin or a snakehead video, be prepared for the comments. <laughs> Why? Well, what kind of comments are you getting? Well, because they're invasive species and people try to tell you it's illegal. Like up north, they have a different kind of snakehead. It's okay. One of somebody has the bullseye and maybe we have, I don't know. We have the other one. I think the bullseye's up north because I see a lot of guys doing catching cooks with the bullseye. Okay. Doc or Joe, Joe could say we have a different kind. It's, they say is it is bad and all, but, but like Doc has said, they talk about it so invasive. You watch my videos, you know, we catch big bass, bowfin, and snakeheads all in the same area. So if they're doing all this damage, I mean, I, I don't see it. So well, there's, there's diehard people that say you're supposed to kill everyone, throw it on the bank. But me being a guide, if I can't get a guy on a bass and he's having a hard day and an eight pound bow fin grabs his spinner bait, sometimes it saves the day. I, it does. It is, it is rather exciting. Uh, I, I'm not going to kid you. I got like an eight pounder. Uh, the first time I caught one, I, I was pretty surprised at, at, at how hard they fought. I mean, they'll destroy they'll destroy an Aberdeen hook like it's nothing. Oh, they destroy everything. Then you know, then we got the gators that grab your topwaters and all. Now that's something that'll tear your bait up. I was going to ask you about gators. How do you guys deal with them down there? Mm, as what the crocodile hunter said, you know, we try not to muck with them, but uh they're, they're not bad mating season they get a little aggressive and if they see you dragging a fish or something and they're close they'll come try to grab it but it's not as bad as people i like to make it sound a lot worse but as long as you know you stay on the boat and we don't see a lot of bank fishermen i mean so it, it cuts down on bank fishing and stuff but in the boat they don't bother us yeah can can they get up onto like a pontoon boat or even a regular boat I watched the video where one crawls up on about an eight-foot-tall concrete seawall, and Lindy saw it. She goes, "You know they can crawl right up in our bass boat." And I thought, "Oh yeah, we've had—I mean, we've had encounters. Don't get me wrong, things, but you know, most of the encounters are actually start with, like I say, you know, I'm that man in Florida. That's usually how they start. I get bored and some—you know—I got a, one of those. I got an ideas, and then you know, it, it gets a little hairy sometimes." Luckily, I have Lindy to, you know, pull the cord on it right at the end. Yeah, I got some people up here that they target specifically bullet, uh, bull fins, and they have a good time fishing for them with topwater and spares and stuff. And, and they're oh, chasing I love it. Here, here, Matt's, he's from Arkansas. I'd rather go for bullfin and, uh, and snakehead before bass. Sorry, I couldn't spit it out. <laughs> oh, like I said, I agree. I mean, I'm in it for the big blow up and the bite. And if he wants to run up there and grab it, I mean, let's get it on. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hesitate a bit. 
and I don't kill them. I let everything go. And if you'll watch, we release every bass. The only thing that has a death warrant here is a daggum crappy. And that poor guy, if he's 10 inches or bigger, it's him. He, he's going to get it. Now, is there, is there a limit where you're fishing on size and krill? 10 and 25 a person. 25 a person. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good size limit. 10, 10 inches is right about good eating size too. So there's no and problem. In our, and in our boat, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll make sure it's 10. So actually I'll go maybe 10 and a half. Depends on how I'm feeling. I'll chunk it if it's, you know, 10 and a half or under. Cause I believe in the ice shrinkage. You get a bunch packed in ice and, and the man is strict down here. He will crawl right up in your boat and measure every fish. He is not timid. He is not timid one bit. So you're thinking that once they're in ice, they'll contract in size, they might go right under 10, huh? Well, I got that from when I said I didn't saltwater fish. Me and the wife chased redfish on the coast of North Carolina forever. And, you know, I have seen some that were, I mean, they made it in the boat. And you look at them right before when you're filleting them. And, I mean, he's about borderline, you know. And usually that's that's on the, the lengthwise, you know, when he's a little too long, you know, because it had to be 27 inches and, you know, you get one that's right on 27, and then you look at it, he's a little under. So, yeah, even the game warden told us they'll shrink up a bit. So, it's if you'll notice them, here when they pull one out, they'll give it the back and forth a little bit. He says he's doing that to kind of stretch them out. out. Yeah, the ice. Because they try to give you a break. But that last warden that checked us, he had just checked a boat that had three guys in it, and they had 30 over the limit. Oh, man. So you got to figure three guys. That's already seventy-five legal crappy. So that's what a hundred a hundred and five in the boat. Yeah, that, that's a lot of crappie. Um, Creole catfishing's got a comment. He says we used to target bowfin, shupak, I believe is what they call them down there, with white H and H spinner baits. Uh, only one they can't tear up. Good to know. Uh, let's see what else we got going on in chat here. Melissa shared out the link. I need to yeah, give a shout out. The companies that help so support this channel, I need to give a shout out to Fishbrain. Thank you very much, Fishbrain. You guys are awesome. I want to thank uh, Multibar. I need to thank Uncle Lou's Tackle. Also, Port Barrington Marina. And last but not least, Amped Outdoors. If you guys need lithium batteries, go check out Amped Outdoors. All those links are in the description. I also want to tell you guys that not only is Melissa posting those links for us to John's channel, uh, for John and Lindia over at Smallwater Charters. I got the link in the description. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you'll be able to see those in that description as well. So check them out. Check out some of John's videos. Give them a sub. You won't be disappointed. So let's talk a little bit about your crappie fishing, John. Yes, sir. I know that you use what I would consider the equivalent of a cane pole. You put a bunch of them out there on that pontoon boat, don't you? Yes, sir. Four, we run 14 at a time, and it's a graphite fiberglass telescoping cane pole. I actually have one right here. Let's take a look at that for the people. And I'll be showing it off. Now, that red and black, that looks familiar. Is that a B&M? Yes, sir. That's a B&M Black Widow. Awesome. Oh, and this is a 14-footer, so the length of it here is, it's hard to get it in camera, but you can see my arm in it. It's probably, what, four foot? And they telescope out the end here. I got the line tight, but you can see the principle of it. And there, 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 there's no reel on that. All that line is internal, and it comes out when you open those up. Right? No, no, it's not internal. If you look, it's it's wound between them two hooks on the side. We're going to give you a solo screen. Oh, I see. All right. It's got two little, like, eyelashes. 
and that's, the, and that's the way you take them. You take them out of the boat. You start. What I do is I'll start unwrapping it, throw it in the water, get all your line off, and then stretch. Hang on. Let me get where I can get it out of here. One second. Let me pop the line. But see, you start with the tip comes. I'm going to wait till I get to the next section. Let me lay it down. But if you can see, it's like this. It's hard to see it all black. Let me turn. There you go. See, they slide into each other. But yeah, they just go completely back to uh, about four foot in length. And we run, like, we'll run some 14 footers, 12 footers, and 10 footers. And you kind of just stagger them in the rod holders. Yeah, you can see that on his videos when you go check them out, folks. He's got them everywhere. It looks like 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 a spider rig or something set up all the way around the pond. Now, are you using minnows or are you using plastics when you're going for a, a crappie most of the time? Uh, that's all live bait we're using. Today, we had a uh, one of our followers raised in Arkansas sent us some jigs. He's a big jig fisherman. He sent some hand-tied jigs. And we had the big discussion is the way we fish, it's usually choppy water. So, you know, we know it would move those jigs. Today, it happened to be glass, but I still run a couple of them. And we got a couple good bites, but it's almost like they grabbed them and took off and went, nope. And we just opened their mouth. As everybody knows, you know, the crappy bite's so funky anyway. Yeah. Sometimes they're just, sometimes they'll just bump them. Come yeah, up there, but, give a little sniff, maybe give them a little bump, but they won't open their, their, their mouth. You can, you can find them. You know, we I was talking to the lenders today. Um, they were, they were fishing live on the ice and they were loaded up with panfish under them and they just, they're, they weren't biting. They'd come up, they'd be bumping their baits and stuff. And, and that was it. That just went to kind of prove that, you know, you, even though you find them, you can't always get them to bite. And those boys know what they're doing when it comes to fishing. So. And I, like I said, we went today and I brought these. There's a 14-incher from today. Oh, let me give you a solo screen show you that. I see crappie tacos. I see a burrito with that sucker. Now, hang on. I got one that's slapped full of eggs. Let me see if I got picked the right one up because they are just spawning. That is still not too full, but you'll catch them. Oh, and, well, there goes that part of the keyboard. But anyway, there's some of them are just slap full of eggs. So yeah, what's the spawn like down there? It's all the lake, uh, all the crappy on the lake. Right now, are trying to get into the reeds and like six foot and underwater to lay their eggs. So they're, they're starting to dude. No, is it once a year or does it happen all the time? It's once a year they run like this. You can catch them all the time, but once a year it runs like this. Bring, What's the average size crappies you guys are getting on? Uh, first thing, double up the screen so I can talk to you. Oh, I was just downloading your song because I got people in chat asking for the song. I oh sure gosh, that's, I hit you know that band follows us everywhere we go playing it, so I don't mind not hearing it for a moment. <laughs> Poor old drummer, he's a sunburn. He's just he can't keep up. But anyway, uh, right now the crappie are all over the lake. They're trying to get up in seven footish or less water in these we call them pencil reeds. Same kind of reeds like you see at the coast, you know, the pointy bulrush kind of here they're pencil reeds. But they're trying to get up in those and drop their eggs. So we go out. It's they call it a spawning flat, but it's still seven foot of water, which is deep for this time of year in Florida. I know that sounds funny. But usually it's like four foot across where we're fishing. But we just, we like to fish. Lydia can pick it. We'll find travel pass. 
Like y'all guys have to fish crappy like sitting on a brush or on a tree. Our crappy we're catching are on the move. They're running in and coming out. So all these reeds, if you'll look at them like we do, like it's patches of woods. So you're trying to catch little deer paths that run through. And we'll find mm -hmm. where they, they'll come through in like an opening. They'll run out of the reeds and feed in those openings. So we just set up where we can catch a couple runs coming in and, you know, lay out the net of minnows and just hang on. I mean, they're coming. I like how you call that a net of, uh, net of minnows. That makes total sense to me. So. And that's you're what we're doing. We're, you know, we're like, oh, sorry. When they're on the move feeding, right, is what you're doing? Well, a lot of them are just on the move spawning. You know, they're coming in and going out. And then the ones that I'm assuming are in there waiting till the right moment to drop their eggs, you know, they'll come around feeding. But most of them you're catching are traveling. And you'll catch a pack of them or you'll catch, like today, three or four big. We caught several today over 13, had a couple right at 14. But you'll catch a couple big ones that are full of eggs. And then the next time you'll catch a little group of them and it's like they've all spawned. So, you know, you're catching groups coming and going. The way I kind of look at it is like, if you go fish at the rest area, you're going to catch a lot of crappy coming in the rest area on the side of the interstate. But if you back up on the off, on the off ramp to the interstate or to the rest area, you know, you're going to catch more as they're funneling in. But if you get out and get in the median of I-95 and throw damn lines on both sides, you got a lot better shot right there. Amen. That makes total sense to me. Uh, Pontoon Jody's uh, been a member for five months. Thank you very much. She says, who day? Thank you, Jody, for supporting the channel. She's posting up her membership uh, 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 chat over there. We appreciate it. If you guys are members, uh, if you click down on the super chat button, it'll tell you whether or not you can post it. Creators are donated uh, a few dollars even when you just post them. So want to make sure that everybody knows that and you know everybody's tripping out that we're spawning but if you think about it this way it makes more sense y'all's water has to warm up after winter to get let's say 70 degrees is that magic mark where things want to start spawning okay our water's hot all the time so our water has to cool down to that 70s degree water before fish same with bass before they start spawning because by the time march gets here our water like i'll bet today the water was 80 some so, you know, by March, our water is up, you know, kicking. When we're fishing for bass in July, we're fishing 95, 96 degree water. Yeah, that's warm. And what do the crappie taste like out of that hot water? Because I know a lot of people say that hot water crappie aren't as good as cold water crappie. Uh, delicious is delicious. I mean, I don't know any other way to describe it. You know, I've never had nobody, I've never fed somebody some of my fried crappie and homemade potato chips and them say, oh, these are warm water crappie. So I guess they're good. That sounds so good. That sounds really good. Yeah, up here in the winter, we got kind of, it isn't like two spawns, but we got two times in the spring when they're really, when the bite's really hot. We got what we call the ice out crappie. It's right after the ice goes out, and uh, they're they're switching over their feeding patterns for feeding, like, on, on, on grubs and, and worms at the bottom of the water, which they've been doing on all winter. They're looking for minnows. They get a little more life to them. They're looking for more oxygen, so they're in the shallow flats that warm up during the day. And that, that'll be gangbusters. I'd rather fish yeah. that than spawn. And then we got a spawn. I don't think the water needs to be 70 degrees. The way I do it is if I get a report from my friends who hunt morels, if they're finding morels, the crappie are spawning. That's usually the way I judge it around here. So I think back when we lived in North Carolina, what was it for the white bass when the dogwoods were blooming, the white bass were running? I mean, everybody has a, a, something, a reason for something. 
Yeah, the dogwoods around here, they're a little later in the season. I know because there's a I make sure to be catfishing. I'm not I'm not crappie fishing. That that, that those cottonwoods over here I'm talking right. about. They'll they'll mess your reels up so bad it's a pain in the butt. So. And you know, our crappy season, we it, it's controlled. We know it by the snowbirds. You know, Okeechobee is a big snowbird town. Our population triples from November to April when all the northerners just pile in. Yeah, them Yankees like me coming in there. But they're all coming in for the crappy fishing. And just to get it straight, here in Florida, we call them specs. Okay. I'm from, I'm from, people think it's funny. Oh, they call them crappy in Florida. No, that's from my North Carolina roots where I call them crappy. But down here, they're actually specs. They and call them specs in, in, in Louisiana, too. I know that for a fact. Right. So the other they're funny thing. Chocolate, specs, crappy, crappy. Uh, what's the other one? The um, there's another name for them on the East Coast. I can't remember off the tip of my head. Something bass. So, um, and they all taste the same. I don't care what you call them. So, but the town of Okeechobee is the crappy capital of the world. They take that title. We have every year they vote in a you know a spec queen. We have a crappy queen. The biggest state, uh, the best steakhouse in town, which is locally owned, sells local beef, sells no seafood whatsoever. The name of it is the Speckled Perch, and they have a giant crappy on their side, but all they sell is beef. Yeah, I can 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 I, can you guys can they sell crappie down there? Even I don't know. I wouldn't think so, but you'd yeah. think if it had a fish on the sign, people all the time come in there looking for fish and. But it's the place you order a steak and you hear the bandsaw running right after you order it. I mean, it's good steaks. That's good stuff right off the hanger. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I got some friends here that I would feed crappie to. And uh, the wives are always like, where can I buy this? And I'm like, you can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guys at the stores that run the, we'll just say to all the fellows that run the convenience stores try to buy them all the time. And. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can sell any game fish legally. Yeah, uh, thank you, Fish on that Evans. Calico Bass, that's the name I was looking for. That's another name for him. Um, what's up, Tony Harrison? How you doing, buddy? Hey, Tony. So how long you, how long you been in the charter business? Well, let's, let's start, take a step back. How'd you get into the charter business? Well, it started, okay, in North Carolina. Me and the wife lived there, raised our two daughters, and, you know, did our family thing. I ran a landscape business for 25 years. Lindia was a plant manager at a big box factory, so she was the boss lady. So I started, you know, I did a landscaping business. That's what I did, you know, and mowed grass, went to all the field trips with the kids. But once a year, we'd go on a vacation somewhere. So let's see, 12, we've been here seven, so 12 years before that, back in probably the late 90s when everything was Okeechobee. You know, every time you turned on a bass fishing show, it was Okeechobee. So I asked Lindy, I said, let's go for it. Let's go check it out. So we drove down, brought our boat, fished like five days the first year. Second year we came, we stayed like six days. Third year, nine days. We came for years and years for nine, ten days. It got harder to leave each time. And then finally, after about 12 of those years, we just stayed. Just didn't go back. Went and sold everything. Sold all my business. Lindy retired from her place. My father passed away. So we Brought my mom with us. We're taking care of her. But we sold their farm, our farm. I mean, we liquidated. Came to Florida and just started fishing. And I think we fished like three years, just us fishing, just 
do another fish, uh, fish, fish. And then I thought, well, heck, I need to start, you know, making some more money on the side. And, you know, everybody wants to go fishing. And it, it just kind of blossomed from there. And, and then we started doing crappy or wanted to start doing crappy charters. But on all the lakes around here, but Okeechobee, you don't have to be a captain. You know, all the chartering I do on my lakes, I don't have to have a Coast Guard captain's license. All I got to do, you know, is be, I'm just a guide. Well, we wanted to do crappy charters on Okeechobee because it's navigable water. You know, you can get to the ocean on Okeechobee. So we decided to let Lindy would do it. So she, that's why everybody, if you'll notice, kept saying, hello, Captain Lindy. She got her paperwork today where she passed her captain's license and all. And it's the whole paperwork's written out to Captain Lindy. That's but awesome. Congratulations, Linnea. That's a that's a big feat. Good for you. Way to grind it out and get on that. Because that's not an easy thing to get. Oh, no. And she studied. I mean, she's probably got, you know, she did it online. Bought, we bought all the stuff. She did it here. And probably two months in it. Maybe a little more than that. You know, that's around fishing and all that. But, I mean, she we'd, we'd stay home and she'd lock herself in her office and just do her thing. And it's great how they do it. You know, they... She learns, then they pretest, learn, pretest. They won't even let you go to the end test till you've done all these pretests along the way. So, and she's just she's very mathematically smart. Like we saw in her test today on the uh, chart plotting, which they say is the toughest. She made a hundred on her chart plotting. So I was like, wow, that's a right lot of math. Oh. You know, the ladies are a little more detail oriented than us guys. We kind of spray and pray wherever we. Well, and her box factory was all measurements. Well, in I think my last video, she measured a crappy and said it was like 11 and 7 eighths. And we all laughed because I'm not that guy. You know, it's, if it's, it's, you know, it's 11 and a quarter, 11 and a half, 11 and three quarters. That's all the, that's all the measurements there are. So, so you guys get sold everything. You moved on there and you decided to, to, to start uh, 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 guiding. How was it in the beginning? pretty easy really because i wasn't having to do it to feed my face so it didn't you know all of a sudden it wasn't like oh my god i gotta have this to pay for this and pay for this you know everything we had was paid for so i just kind of eased into it really more at, at my speed so it was really nice really but now we're in the we're in the crunch now because we got to get lindy is done and you wouldn't believe the waiting list on charters i got for crappy and me stalling people like it's coming just Another week, and I mean, and we're about down now to waiting for government paper, and you know how that can get. So are you guys doubling up on the charters? Is that what you're doing, or are you still going together? Oh, no, see, she doesn't go on the bass charters. Like she says, it takes good money to get her out of the boat. So when somebody pays for a bass trip, that's, and if you'll watch my videos, when it, you know, bass charter, everything in the boat I have is done by remote, even my trolling motor deploy and all that. I stand in the back of the boat, don't fish. Charters get the front of the boat. The you know I'm running everything. I'm like a little golf caddy. I change their baits. I fix their plastic. Land their fit. I mean I do it. I'm cheerleader, Doctor Phil, the medicine man. I mean I'm all that in one. John, you are the Florida man. I thought I am the Florida man. That's why I, you wouldn't believe. I mean you. Everybody sees me in chat, and you kind of see me on the live. But in the boat, I have you have to be able to keep things going. Because fish don't bite a hundred percent of the time, and if you can keep a guy laughing, you can kind of keep him throwing his lure. You know, as long as and see, we're all only crappy is live bait. All my bass fish is artificial only. 
So you need you got to get make you got to sometimes a man has to work. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes I can get him to jump in the boat, but sometimes you got to work. Creole says I'm an old surveyor. What's this inches business? <laughs> that's that's me, Creole. And you know I, I build porches and stuff. I mean I'm around the house carpenter, and it's the five foot rule. You know you stand back five feet, it looks good. We're golden. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna have to steal that next time the wife's complaining about something. And if like, it's not five, five steps back and take a look, and then tell me it looks bad. And if it looks bad at five feet, caulk will usually cover that. So you're good. That's right. Well, that, that's cool. That's a good story about how you guys get out there. Not uh, you had mentioned you had mentioned the song. You mind if I play that song real quick? I don't mind. I mean, I'm sure everybody here's heard it, but yeah, you you play away. Uh, I don't well, know about all that. Can I tell the story about it first? Yeah, sub- you know what? Yeah, go ahead. A subscriber of ours, uh, Cranking and Yankin, wrote the, the the words to it, but he wrote it to Folsom Prison Blues. So he mailed it to me, and we're friends with Okeechobee has a local radio station. We're friends with the DJ, and I tried to get him to sing it because he's that guy. He loves karaoke and such, and I mean, he's a DJ. Uh-huh. If he's in a lot of our videos, it's Billy Dean. But anyway. He wouldn't do it, but he knows all the local musicians, and we got to meet. He's kind of a town legend. This uh, now I'm gonna see if I can't think of his name. I'll come up with it in a minute. But anyway, uh, he sang it for us and redid the music, you know, and made it to where it wasn't Folsom Prison Bluesy as bad. But it's a really great song. We love it as a theme song. Yeah, it's it's catchy as heck. I find myself grooving to it whenever they play it on yours or on Hog Lake's channel. It's it's a good time. I just tried to get it to play. I'm having some issues here. So if you guys want to hear that theme song, go over to John's channel, Small Water Char- Small Water Charters. Links in the description. Give him a sub. Check out his videos. A lot of those videos have it in there, especially some of the later ones. You'll be able to hear it there or tune into Hog Lake's channel later tonight. Hog Lake loves playing the hell out of that song. Right before yeah. uh, John gets in there in the middle of the night, he makes sure it's playing when he goes. Wayne Purvis. That's right, Landia. Wayne Purvis sang it. But uh, also, if you'll go to our channel, the, one of the videos just says, uh, Introducing Fishing is Fun, the SWC theme song. And it actually has footage of the subscriber writing it and the band singing it. So it kind of tells the story in that video. Raised Outdoors says, John rounds his fish up. Yes, I do, and I straight arm my pictures. You got that right. If you're not long arming a fish for a fish picture, you ain't doing it right. But I'll, the funniest thing when that cranking and yanking other YouTube channel came to visit us, he gets out of his truck. Me and Lindy get out of the truck. He looked at us. Now he's a big boy, and me and Lindy aren't tall folks at all. He gets out of the truck, looks at us, and goes, "Y'all's fish aren't that big. Y'all just little people." You know, I kind of feel like that with a lot of people that I know. I'm a, you know, I got my camera set up in such a way I don't look as big as I really am in real life. But man, I'll make a fish look small. It, it, it sometimes it breaks my heart, you know. But Thank but I'll jokes scales yeah. and tape measures. They tell the truth usually. But all jokes aside, me and Lindy catch some really nice bass on the regular. I mean, we we're about spoiled on it. I mean, we we are spoiled on it, but. What a way to get spoiled. That's all I can think of. Well, what's, what do you consider a good size bass? What are we talking? Five's a good one. Six is a real good one. Anything over seven's getting to be a damn good one. I wouldn't even complain about a seven pound bass. Eh? But we, 
since we've lived in Florida, me and Lynn, you know, here they have Trophy Catch Florida. If you catch a bass over eight pounds, you have to weigh it, have a picture, measure the girth, length, and, you know, they'll give you like a free T-shirt and a decal. Well, me and Lindy, and then they give you a certificate, which are on the bar wall over here beside me. You know, we have 16 of them, and we're working on our seventh year living here. So that's 16 bass me and her have caught over eight pounds in six years. That's not bad. So that, like those master angler type awards that they have in a lot of states? Yes. But these, you get every one you turn in, you get 10 chances on the bass boat they give away at the end of the year. And it's, it's like three categories, eight to 9.99 is, you know, you get like a t-shirt and something else and the 10 to 12.99, you get a little better stuff. And then the 13 up, 13 up, you get a free fiberglass replica and all this. I mean, it's a really good deal. Yeah. Fiberglass replica would be pretty cool. They don't come cheap and they look good on a wall. Definitely. Yep. You can always put, you get to put that fish back too, no matter what the species is. I'm a well, big supporter of the replica. That's part of it. They have to be released, you know, and they really kind of like us doing it because you always, you know, ours are always on video. So you actually see it getting caught and released, but they trust you that you released. I mean, that's like if you would go to Trophy Catch Florida and just register without a fish, just go sign up. You get one chance on the bass boat at the end of the year. Nice. I can convert a bass boat to a crappie boat or a catfish boat. I got no problem with that. And solo, we catch some. We go down by, I'm, I'm, if you don't mind me, I'll answer the chat. He was asking about Peacock. We go down by Doc. Right, have, my next question for you, Solo Text Adventure, that's Ricky. He says, John, do y'all catch a lot of Peacock bass? We have. They're more down by Doc and Par or Coastal and Parabellum Fishing. But, oh, yeah, we've, I've got several videos where we go down there. Lindia, I think, has the biggest one of us. It was about five-something, which is a good Peacock in Florida. So how do they fight compared to, like, a largemouth? twice as hard and our bad our large mouth fight twice as hard as yours do so and that's the truth because think about it a five pound bass in a lake near you what in there will eat it a flathead okay you know what will eat it in a florida lake damn near everything everything <laughs> i got pictures of a six pounder i caught that had still had claw marks fresh ones in its back like donkey land there's a pair of eagles it could have been the eagles or the osprey but, uh, you know, he, he had just tried to get picked up and bit a swim bait while he was still bleeding. Yeah, we got musky here, too. They, they're pretty fond of bass, not as much as they are a pike, but a pike will, will go after a bass, too. So every now and then, I, I don't target bass usually, but I do catch them when I'm bait fishing and stuff. And I'll see musky teeth in them or pike well. teeth in them quite a bit. So, but not too often. Usually a flathead, if they go after them, they either get them or they don't. They don't leave any uh, evidence well. of their attacking them. So. But you're talking about the peacock bite, and the way I like to describe it, a big bass down here is like getting rear-ended by a tractor trailer. A peacock is more like getting side-swapped by a bus. You know, a bass comes up, and it's like a sudden, almost like a stop when it happens, where a peacock is just kind of like passing through, man. I'm just going to nail you and keep on rolling. Man, you make me want to come down there and fish for them as well. That sounds like a good time. How about compared to like a bowfin? The bowfin I've caught fought like a freight train too. So I was wondering how they compare to those. Okay, every bowfin we've hooked, we think we got like the Mac Daddy bass on it first. So they fight a lot like our bass do. I'm telling you, you'll hook a two-pound bass down here, and when it starts fighting and gets about three pounds of grass wrapped around him, you're going to be squalling. You got a 10-pounder. I see it every day. I mean, it'll go, it'll take you around the bass boat. 
you'll hook him in the front and the bow and you're landing him back by the power poles, you know, and then you, it'll pop out of the grass. And I hear so many people go, wow. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you get a big one? You know, man over at one to be outdoors is asking, he says, Mark, what's his charter information? We had talked about this part of the show. And if you want to get a hold of John, click on his link in the description for his uh, channel, his emails on his about page, or just uh, holler at him in one of his videos. He's fine with that. He'll let you know how to get yeah that's the easiest way watch a video leave me a comment and if you'll notice i keep up with comments so i'll get with you we'll do an email thing and i'm not good with email so it won't be long till we're texting back and forth that's the way i prefer to handle it cool. yeah like lindia said big bass on steroids that's kind of what they are they fight pit bullish they're like shaking their heads a lot more here when you hook a big bass dude it's just a power struggle i mean he's showing you he's got shoulders and it's on Peacock kind of wants to shake you and tear your head off. You know, he thinks he's got something and he'll fight it all the way out. So uh, what kind of baits are they biting on? Are it, every time I see any Peacock videos, they're usually on crankbaits and stuff. Well, okay. We're sponsored by Bruiser Bait. So everything I catch is about soft plastic. So I fish like a swim bait and I'll just, we call it the tweaker twitch. That's a whole nother story. But I do this twitch kind of on top and just aggravate them. Coastal Fever and Joe, they catch them on a variety of things from Zara Spooks to crankbaits to, you know, just you mainly just got to get one aggravated. They're very easily aggravated. And swim baits, man, you can't go wrong with a swim bait. If it swims, you can catch it pretty much with a swim bait. I don't care. Oh, I'm, I'm swim bait. Like walleye, muskie, whatever's out there, you can get it. But you did say something earlier that kind of caught my attention. You guys... Uh, do we have some pike down there? And you mentioned pickerel as well. I didn't think they were that far south. Yeah, we have a chain pickerel, which very frog skin colored, you know, like a soft belly, real green and speckly. I mean, they're right. just yeah, just a chain pickerel. But, yeah, they don't get very big, but they're still they're still tasty and they're fun to catch too. In one of our last trips, we caught an American eel. That was our first one out of the lake. The guy with us had to look it up. And apparently it was a female because the males only get like 12 inches. And this one was ever bit 24, 26. It was a big thing. We didn't like it. The lady that caught it didn't like it. Didn't want no part of it. It never broke. The, it never broke the rail of the pontoon. Also, they just let it go. Yeah, they're pretty slimy creatures. I've caught a few in my time and they're not real easy to handle. So it's probably a good idea. You guys just got it out of the boat and we do we do catch catfish i probably caught about a three pounder today i believe i had to ask somebody i think we catch channel cats when we're crappy fishing i imagine they're probably right but catching them on those uh those those, those extended poles that that's still got to be a good time oh man you get a three pounder on one of them rods oh we had one today that i was looking the opposite direction and when you fish around them you learn that line you know like when you're tightening a guitar string you learn that Cause that's what it'll do quick. And I had enough time to look around the bobber went under like straight out, broke the line. And that was wild. That bobber sat there for a moment, about a foot under the water. I could see it. Then it just torpedoed was gone. I was like, well, that catfish run with that one. What pound test are you running on those poles? Six pound. Okay. So and, you know, we, have, we went to a little heavier, but, when they're under 10 inches, I try to baby them. So, you know, I'll just pop the line. I won't try to get a hook. They, you know, if that hook's where I can't even, you know, I'll just let it go. I'll pop it and let them go. And we went up to heavier line and I was struggling so dang much, you know, just popping a line. So 
we finally got the six pound and it held our, you know, it, we get some that break it once in a while. You know, if you don't get the net, you try to, you know, snatch a, you know, a two pounder in and not pay, you know how it is, try to pay attention, but it does all right. Yeah, I use for, when if I'm using mono, I'm making a switch over to braid, but that's another story. But I, I've been a mono user for, for, for crappie, like lifelong. And I use just four or six pound. If I got to cast it real far, I'm using four. If not, I'm sticking with six. Because every now and then, we'll, the same thing will happen here. You'll come across a channel cat and they'll, they'll wreck your mono, especially at that thing. They'll, you'll get all sorts of uh, kinks and curls in the stuff. You end up having to cut off 10 yards of the stuff. And now catfish wreck our rig. You know, you get a good one on one rod, he'll usually get about six. The worst, yeah. the worst we've ever had happen is had a pelican swim in. And I mean, I'm videoing him off like the port side of the boat. You know, I'm videoing swimming saying, that's a cool pelican. We hook, we get a bite on the other side of the boat. I grab it. It's like a pound catfish. The moment that catfish broke the surface of the water, Mr. Pelican came from the opposite way and took out every rod around that boat. Fought me for that catfish all the way to the boat. Had four rods on him. We kept it would break lines. We try to pull him in and pull it. We finally got to the last line and somehow got him to the boat and got him free. Yeah, Parabellum Fishing says that was a gangster. <laughs> oh, it was. That's how I did the video. I put it when he comes swimming in, I put, you know, the, the sunglasses in the joint in his mouth like they do on the gangster videos, you know, when they play the song. Yeah, I did the Pelican just like that. Rolling dirty. Played the rolling dirty, the whole deal coming in. Did he cut, did he, uh, uh, did he get the fish from you? Oh hell no! Heck no! <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He'd have to be a bad. He'd have to be badder than a pelican. Uh, Ricky Solitex Adventures wants to know if uh, uh, he's got a comment. He says, John, any sharks, groupers, or string stingrays caught in your videos? Uh, no, but I have a, I have a bad stingray video somewhere way back on Facebook. I got stung by a big southern stingray about the size of my truck hood in the knee, trying to get oh. a picture. Oh, it was bad business. I got a major scar. It was way, that's a whole nother story. That was way bad business. Way bad well, I'm business. Like, I'm, I'm glad you're all right. I was going to ask you if you had somebody pee on it, but we're not going to go. Uh, we were, no, we were way past peeing, dude. This, I mean, I I fell out, would come to, then got met. Lindy had to drive the boat, got me somewhere, unloaded us. This was red fishing off the coast of North Carolina. We got into my buddy's truck, and we're if we're not doing a hundred and some back to his house, and all I can remember is that I could smell beer. And I was like, crap, we're going this fast, and I smell beer. This ain't good. But he got me there. And they, they were uh, EMTs and fishing guides, so they opened it up, got all the barbs out, did all that. It's bad. It's bad. About two months, it was bad. Really? It lasted for that long, huh? Well, you know, the first part was the first few days is Stingray. The last of it's a big, giant hole. In my, you know, there's not a lot of meat to your kneecap, and it, all that was just, is a big hole. It's a big scar. How big was the stingray? About the size of my F-150 hood. <laughs> it was that big, really? I'm not lying. It was. We had one of those big jumbo ocean nets, you know, the big ones. And I got it in the boat with that. And the, and the video is pretty wild. I want to get a picture with this big joker, and I, I've, I've caught a bunch of stingrays. But I always thought they would put their barb up, like lay on the bottom, put up their barb, and if you stepped on it or something, you know, you were good. Oh, no, I got old boy in the net, and I moved the net, and first he got his tail out of the net. I mean, we've watched the video a hundred times. He's moving it, and he brushes my knee. He, he, like, bumps into my knee with his tail. 
Dude, he folds that tail up under the net, which makes the barb kind of poke out. Now you got to watch my finger. It was like the Terminator, dude. It turns sideways and goes bam. And I mean, just nailed me right there. Oh, oh yeah. That hurt hearing that yeah ricky slow texan is correcting me he says i thought peen was for jellyfish i think you're right man okay let me finish i'll go a little more with the story okay it about it knocks me out there for a moment or two but the pain case it's weird you, you kind of pass out for like two or three minutes then you'll wake up for two or three and it really don't hurt you're like i'm okay and about the time you get a life jacket start putting it on you fall out again but Anyway, when I come to, I look down, I got this big cut on my leg bleeding. We're only in like two and a half foot of salt water. My first thought was salt water is good for cuts, dude. I belly flop out in the, in the water. Well, Lindy's in the bow with the big old stingray in the net, and she won't put it back in the water because I'm in the water. Well, I'm out there barely hanging on to consciousness. I can't listen. Finally, I get in the boat, and I watched her, man. She kept trying to get that stingray out of that broken net, and I'm back there just, ah. Finally, out of one little corner of my eye, I watch her throw net, stingray, everything off the front of the boat, and away we go. So, what were you guys doing when you were th you were throwing a net out for what bait, or what were you no, guys? No, we doing? were we were red fishing, red fishing. The, like way up in you know way up in the flats, up in the marsh, and the big dip net was to dip up on big you know thirty and forty inch redfish. That was gotcha. the net. When I picked that stingray up and got him in the boat, when Lindy tried to get rid of him, she picked the net up and it just collapsed around it. So she couldn't get it to come out of the net. And she wrestled it for a little bit. And I'm back there yelling, oh, let's go. I'm dying. Well, she just threw everything in the water and away we went. But it's yeah, bad. It's bad. an alligator too, right? Do what? Nothing. There's nothing. Saltwater, my bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it did teach a lesson. You know, we don't even bring a skate or nothing. None of that. Anything flat like that don't come in the boat. It's all cut okay. at the edge of the boat. They fight pretty darn hard, though, when you hook into one, don't they? Oh, dude, I, we used to catch them down there. I'm talking 30-minute fights. You know, they'd suck on the bottom, and you don't have a lot else going on, so I'd fight them, fight them, just to get up there and get a damn picture. You know how that goes. Yeah, people love pictures. Well, it's, it's better that they're taking pictures with fish, some better than others, than, than taking everything they catch home just to show their buddies on their tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, Want to be Outdoors is asking, do you eat the skate wing? Ah, uh, no. No. I've heard mixed reviews about them. I've never tried them. Uh, if I had the opportunity, I'd try them. I'd try anything once. Well, oh, yeah. There's some questions. So what's your favorite way to cook crappie? Me? Fry oh, man. I'm old-fashioned. I make homemade potato chips, roll them things in batter, and fry them, and that's just all day, every day. Which I've made, you know, crappy taco. Every way you can cook one, smoke them. I've done it every way you can, but. Ain't nothing wrong with lighting up the old grill outside, you know, the, the ball and grease out here in the garage and just letting them go. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I like them either, I like them breaded or uh, uh, battered. And I also, I do like, I'll have to admit, I do like them blackened. Those, every now and then you need to change the base. Oh, oh yeah. But, but the basic you, is what, house house altry, you know, and then potato chips. And we're usually pretty much, that's a, that's a solid meal. Do you use any special spice or anything? You got any secrets to share with us? No secrets, but we got all kinds like Bayou Buck that's in here, sent us a whole bunch of stuff from Louisiana. But we do love every kind of, you know, Everglades seasoning. We like all flavors of that. 
that's a big one down here in Florida. Yeah, Everglades is a big one down there. I know that for a fact. I got I got family down there in Ava Maria. They sent me some of that stuff. It was pretty good. My my favorite stuff to put on crappie, especially for black, it's that redfish magic. That stuff's pretty good. Uh, Luke Hen just turned us on to that stuff, and I've been using that lately. So that's good stuff. Also, you know, as far as like catfish goes and stuff, the new Whisker Seekers uh, breading is pretty good. It's not a batter. It's a breading, but right. they got a Cajun one that's hot and spicy. You like it hot or are you a mild guy? I'm a mild guy. I'm not a hot guy. I mean, I've, you know, if there's a big plate of nachos, I might eat a few jalapenos during my share of the nachos, but it's not like I'm going to be pouring anything on it. Yeah, Melissa says you can buy it most everywhere. Yeah, you know? it's everywhere. But then we have a local seafood restaurant that's been here like 40 years called Lightsies. They make their own breading and spices and all, and those are excellent too. They sell it by the bulk in there. It's really good. Good stuff. Up here, uh, uh, the standard pretty much is a, a brand called Shore Lunch. We eat a lot of that stuff. So, And Want to Be Outdoors, he says that Dano's is pretty good stuff too. I've been meaning to try that. I think they got that at Walmart now, so I might have to pick some up next time I'm at the store. Glenn, I was pretty hot today there, buddy. It got warm today in the boat. Did I tell you it was it's zero degrees right now over here, John? Did I tell you it was 85 today? Yeah, yeah we, we went through this already. Okay. So We're, good. Says, We're good. John, ever catch rockfish in your nets? Uh, are are those the poisonous fin fish or the puffer fish? He's mostly on freshwater, but maybe yeah, he I don't fish, And I don't fish with nets or anything. That was just a dip net that gets redfish in. I don't know nothing about no net fishing. I'm a bass guy, me and Lindy Bass and Crappy, which we like to go red. We've gone to the coast here trying to, you know, get on some redfish. We got up in a pocket and found some tarpon in there during the mullet run. First day we got there, they'd spool us till we tried to stop them and then we broke the line. So we went back the next day with heavier line. They spooled us and broke us. So the next day I put on like 80 pound braids and said, oh, it's on today. Then they just straight up spooled us. I mean, there wasn't no breaking, it just spooled us up. It does break your heart, but it does also get you excited and pumped up, don't it? We found them, and then, you know, you, we went like three days trying to catch one of them big things, and went the fourth day, and it's like, they're gone. It's just, that's it. It's over. Yeah, when I'm fishing for catfish, I'll get on some big uh, uh, flathead, but you're always over-geared up for catfish. At least that's the trend these days. But when I'm out here on the Great Lakes salmon fishing, that's pretty much one of the only fish that'll spool me because I'm fishing tackle is pretty much matched up exactly to them and there's right. nothing more exciting than than that thing making 70 yard runs and stuff that always that'll get your heart pumping and put a smile on your face but when they take all your line it's time to go home that's kind of hard yeah. down here with all the grass we bass fish in i mean it's thick grass the way we have our reel set up it takes a five pounder pulling to get any drag you know anything under that you got a horse grass you know, we're running 40 pound braid 30 pound braid that's all we run. So, man, we get down here and, you know, you get a nice one. Like when I hook one and the first thing it does is that, zip, zip, zip. And, you know, I know, I know it's on from there and it's, there ain't nothing yeah, better. Right on. Yeah. That grass makes it difficult when I'm hunting crappie in the, uh, in the milfoil and stuff that can really make a mess and make it hard to get out of it. Sometimes I'll even go in and chase them down rather than having a, a mess on my hands, but. And that, that's just what it does to, to that line. So uh, Lucky Dan says he likes using Jiffy Cornmeal. I should try that one of these days. That sounds pretty good, actually. You'd really have to screw up, I think, to mess up crappy, though. I mean, you'd really have to do something really bad. Yeah, I got some ideas I want to try. So uh, uh, 
maybe I'll share them with you folks somehow, some way. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll get out. We'll do some catch and cooks this year. You ever do any catch and cooks or is it all just fishing? I, I think I'll maybe at the end of a video, like a crappy video, I might have showed, you know, us fry and fried it and sitting here at the table eating probably a couple of times. But no, I've never cleaned one and went through all that. I figure everybody can look at their own fish they're cleaning. They don't want to watch me clean a fish. And I'm just, I'm just a fillet guy, man. And I'm, you everybody, some fillet before they pull the skin, some don't. You know, I, I'm a skin puller first. I, you know, top back down the gill, pull the skin, fillet the meat off, and just roll, roll, roll. Uh, Want to be outdoors has a question. She says, are hardhead catfish saltwater or fresh? Now, these people down here, these, these guys, these scrapper kind of guys they'll catch these armored catfish there they're like big anybody's got a fish tank like a placostomus placostomus right they're, yeah, they're big giant ones and I, I think asian people use it for something but you'll see them guys out there and they either have i think they have to throw cast nets to try to catch them or something if that's what he's referring to well it's yeah, crappy in north carolina crappie where you're at but it's actually speck here reuben so i'm trying to bounce somewhere in the middle i'll say crappie and crappy back and forth I don't care what you say. I just call it good dinner right there. But what's it's funny, if I, make a, if I make a video and say speck fishing in Florida, man, it don't get near the views crappy or crappie fishing in Florida gets. Yeah, just put crappie in the title and call it speck in the video. People That's what I do. I, don't, I just call it, like you said, delicious and roll with it. Exactly. Yeah, and I do want to give a shout out. Uh, Pontoon Jody brought up the fact that Melissa's been helping by sharing your link during the whole show. So Thank guys, you, Melissa. Make sure you go over and uh, check out Melissa's channel as well. Um, check her out. Uh, the link's in the chat here. Uh, so go over there and give her a sub. She's trying to get uh, some subs over there. And she's been finally putting some, not finally, but she's starting to put some content out there, at least uh, some shorts and stuff. So make sure Glenn you check. says, Ray says, his uncle in Michigan calls him Speck. That's probably because he snowbirded down here in Okeechobee and took it back with him. That, that could be, you know, I like, you know, every now and then I call him Sakalay because I wish I was down there catching him. So I can understand that. Oh, the, that trip I had recently with coach, you know, he calls him crappy. He's from the mountains of Virginia. And like I said, we're North Carolina folks. They're crappy. Well, we got to calling him crappie. And that boy would sit in the boat and go, governor, I've caught the crappie. And I would just laugh. Damn, it was just funny. Well, you know, I got the opportunity, thanks to Lyle Stokes. Hopefully Lyle is listening. I think he might be listening. Back. I, I hope he's feeling better, Lyle, definitely. But uh, uh, it's because of him I had the opportunity to be a co-host on a show where we had uh, Babe Winkleman on there. And, and behind, or Babe Winkle explained to us, at least how he sees it. I'm not going to argue with him. He says uh, uh, that uh, he goes fishing for crappie. If he's up all night drinking, playing cards, he wakes up feeling crappy. So that's what the man said. That's what I'm sticking with. I understand that uh, you might know somebody pretty famous that you see down there at the lake all the time. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're both buzzed with Roland Martin, the, the great American fisherman. And that man is a hoot. That's all I can say is he's a hoot. You What's know, everybody, go ahead. Melissa says she's trying to get that song. I got the song mailed to me from John, but for some reason it won't load on my StreamYard. I think StreamYard's being difficult, so I want to remind everybody, go check out John's channel. 
Links in the description. I appreciate it. Watch them. If you're close to them or you want to plan a vacation, go down there. He'll put you on a bunch of crappie. He'll uh, play some good music for you. Big bass. He's a fun guy. He'll do bass for you as well. Who doesn't want to catch a, a seven-pound bass? I'm about to uh, say, I know a lot of cat fishermen. I know a lot of cat fishermen aren't real big on bass fishing, but, but go look at the bass I catch. It's not your everyday, ordinary. Me and the wife, you know, we, we're pretty good at what we do. Hey, you know what? Fishing's fishing. I mean, people like to give fishing's each other fun. Balls. That's our motto. I, I don't know anybody who's, let's say, a, like a guy like me who's bait fishing or, or out pan fishing hooks into a, a, a big bass, even a four pounder. It doesn't put a smile on your face. Nah. There's something wrong. You know what I mean? That's nah, something's really wrong. But yeah, back back to the rolling. You know, we've all heard Roland Martin tell fishing stories. You know, we've, we all, I grew, I grew up listening to Roland Martin tell fishing stories. But you ought to hear him like in the boat ramp parking lot when it's, you know, he still says sun all the time, but it's usually got the F-bomb in front of it. And the first time he started in talking, I looked over at him. I mean, it just floored me. But it's, uh, it's funny. Me and him could be sitting there BSing, and I mean, it's there's no barrier on the language. I can pick my phone up while we're talking and all of a sudden click it up and hit record. And he'll be like, Oh, and turn right at the camera and go, hey, folks. I mean, he has a YouTube a TV button on him. It's funny. You know, I, I'm kind of the same way. I might have a potty mouth in real life, but for, for something, once if I see myself on the screen or something, boom, I'm, I'm all right. Or if I know the camera's rolling, I, I'm pretty good at, you know, instead of dropping an F-bomb, I got a habit of saying, holy Toledo. And where I pick that up from, I have no Pontu Jody says, great job tonight, uh, small water or sweet that's, water. That's funny. I'm a fan of Oh My Lanta. That's when I when oh. I come when I catch myself getting ready to burst one out of somehow Oh My Lanta comes out. Uh, that's a good deal. So on that note, I, I, I want to thank you, John, for coming on the show. I want to thank remind you. everybody in chat. If you have if you haven't clicked on the link or one of the links that Melissa's been sharing, Go over there, check him out. His theme music will definitely be on there. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get that loaded for you. It's a good tune, but the best way to hear it is directly on one of his videos. Before you leave, I'd like to mention one little thing. Absolutely. If somebody in here that knows me would write, we're sponsored by Bass Addiction, Bruiser Bait, and Flat Out Tungsten. I have a 20% off code, if you don't mind, let some one of my people write it in the chat room. But it'll get you 20% off anything at Bruiser Baits, Bass Addiction. I don't think it'll work at Flat Out Tungsten. That stuff is so outrageous. But they are great sponsors. They supply us with so much soft plastics. Give us like our team jerseys, our tournament jerseys. I mean, they are great people. And locals, well, 30 miles from here, 40 miles from here. That's it, what Lindy wrote. SWC20 at Bass Addiction Gear and Bruiser Baits. It'll get you 20% off your order. Cool. That'll work on the podcast too, folks. So go check those baits out. Find something you like. Get yourself 20% off. Who can ask for more than that? John, thank you very much again. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for uh, giving me an hour of your time. If there's anything I can do for you, uh, don't hesitate to ask. I'd be happy to do it. Very Uh, good. When do you do your live shows on your channel? Every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But like this week, this Friday, it's on Coastal Fever's channel. Then the next week, it's on my chat. We rotate back and forth between us and Coastal Fever TV. Gotcha. Is that something that you put on your uh, uh, community tab when it switches? Yes, somebody will share it. It's usually, yes, back and forth. 
So perfect, guys, get get involved with that community down there if you ever plan on heading down there. Make sure you look up uh, John and. and Lindia, um, they'll show you a good time. Everybody, thanks for listening. Check out the links in the description. Big holler out to everybody that's helped in chat. You guys are awesome. John, have a good night. We'll, we'll probably see you later on tonight. Yep, yep, I'm sure. And uh, Mark, remember, fishing is fun. That's right. If it ain't, you're not. That's right. It's fun anyways. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Hold on, John, don't go nowhere.